So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Phenomenon Radio, the show that covers thought-provoking breakthroughs in the fields of UAP UFOs to discover fascinating truths, first-hand accounts, and investigative insights into the expanding confluence of physical and mental exposure to this worldwide phenomenon. Hosted by Emmy Award-winning investigative journalists, Earth Files reporter and editor, Linda Moulton Howe and world-renowned experiencer of the 1980 Rendlesham-Bentwaters incident, John Burroughs. And now, leading off tonight's program, here's Linda Moulton Howe. On December 18, 2013, My Phenomenon Radio co-host John Burroughs had open-heart surgery to save his life. He had been deteriorating through that whole year, and his Veterans Administration doctors did not know why. In 2013, John was 53 years old, but he did not have any typical symptoms of heart disease, such as plaque buildup in his arteries. So why were his lungs filling up with fluid in pulmonary edema? On December 1st to the 3rd, two weeks before his surgery, I had been invited to fly to Austin, Texas, to meet with John's attorney, Pat Frasconia, physicist and electrical engineer, Hal Putoff, Ph.D., and Christopher Kit Green, Ph.D. and M.D. One of the subjects we talked about was the likelihood that John Burroughs' failing heart was related to his being engulfed twice by the light phenomena in Rendlesham Forest next to RAF Bentwaters Woodbridge on December 26th and 28th, 1980. Why heart damage? Because our government and the UK government over the past 70 years since World War II began to learn that UFOs emit frequencies in the terahertz range of the electromagnetic spectrum. And why is this significant? Because terahertz radiation begins at a wavelength of one millimeter. That is less than one sixteenth of an inch and proceeds into shorter and shorter wavelengths known as the submillimeter band down into the atomic level. 
That means that terahertz frequencies can be used to intelligently manipulate atoms within matter, including the bismuth magnesium zinc layered metal that I have been trying to understand since 1996 when Art Bell and I received them from an Army sergeant. Further, terahertz radiation is in frequencies that are too high to be measured digitally by electronic counters. That means the generation and modulation of coherent terahertz signals is not possible by conventional electronic devices used to generate radio waves and microwaves. This is why I and scientists that I have worked with on the bismuth magnesium zinc layered metal which allegedly came from a UFO crash in New Mexico in July of 1947. These scientists have never yet been able to build equipment that could generate high enough terahertz frequencies to test the hypothesis that the bismuth magnesium zinc nano-layered metal will turn into a lifting body immune to Earth's gravity if we can reach the right terahertz frequency. But the UK Condine report released publicly in 2006 that we've talked so much about on Phenomenon Radio is all about terahertz frequencies from UFOs that can manipulate human minds and damage human bodies. And one of the most sensitive organs in the human body to terahertz is the heart because it is chambered with empty spaces which will more intensely vibrate from the high-frequency terahertz waves that are so small they can penetrate the atomic level. The truth is that it has been only in the last very few years that there have been enough advancements by science teams such as Franz Kartner at MIT to even make terahertz generators. The bismuth magnesium zinc layered metal that I have been studying since 1996 has still never been tested in high terahertz frequencies because no one has had the generator and no one has been able to build the generator that could produce the frequencies that are estimated to be needed to turn it in to a lifting body immune from gravity. There is another fact about terahertz frequencies that might link to what John Burroughs said in his 1988 hypnosis session with hypnotherapist Al Ward. While John was hypnotized, Ward asked him if he detected any life forms in the Rendlesham Forest glowing lights that surrounded John on December 26th and 28, 1980. John Burroughs' reply was, quote, The light is the life form. Terahertz waves are in a band between microwaves and infrared that range from 0.1 terahertz, that's 100 gigahertz, to 30 terahertz, that's 30,000 gigahertz. That is right between electromagnetic waves and optical wavelengths. That means that terahertz frequencies push up against light waves and can be both radio and optical waves depending upon the frequency. Were those lights that interacted with John Burroughs in Rendlesham Forest operating with terahertz frequencies in the visible optical range? 
Some scientists have suggested to me that terahertz frequencies are the key ingredient to creating self-activating software at the atomic level of UFO craft and technologies. Are those UFO craft and those technologies also able to travel through wormhole stargates that tunnel through our cosmos, cutting light-year travel down to minutes or hours? That wormhole cosmic travel concept was written about three years ago in August 2015 by physicist Eric Davis, Ph.D., who works for Hal Putoff, Ph.D., at his Institute for Advanced Studies in Austin, Texas. The electronic journal was Principium, devoted to technical articles and news from scientists working in space exploration via interstellar travel. Dr. Davis's article was entitled, Wormhole Stargates, Tunneling Through the Cosmic Neighborhood. And on page 10, Dr. Davis writes, quote, Another interesting consequence of the space-time geometry of traversable wormholes is that the space traveler's local proper time through the wormhole can be the same as the local proper time for remote outside static observers, people who are not moving. And that eliminates any undesirable relativistic time dilation effects. Close quote. Eric Davis. Well, the implication is that traversable wormholes can also be used as time machines. And then what if you don't have to even transport human bodies at all through terahertz encoded self-activating machines that can travel through wormhole tunnels? What if advanced space travel is mind-uploading or whole brain emulation into quantum computers. That was the theme of the Johnny Depp movie Transcendence, first released in April of 2014. That was science fiction then. But today, the European Union's Human Brain Project, launched in October 2013, runs until 2023. And one of its goals is neuro-robotics platform which can test brain uploading into robots to compare the robot's behavior and thinking abilities to a real human. Believe it or not, 28 years ago on April 3rd to 4th, 1990, in Cleveland, Ohio, NASA held a conference entitled Vision Century 21, Space Travel for the Next Millennium. There was a panel discussion about manned or unmanned interstellar flight. And here is an excerpt from that 1990 transcript. Quote, Advanced unmanned craft could include the von Neumann-type machines, which would self-replicate and slowly spread their way from star system to star system, preparing the way for manned flight, And the concept of hybrid-type travel, where a probe is launched to a nearby star system, finds a suitable planet, sets up a receiving antenna, and then a hybrid machine-human consciousness is downloaded from Earth's transmitting antenna to the probes. Thus, 
transporting the human species by consciousness, not bodies. After this short break, my co-host John Burroughs will be tonight's guest on Phenomena Radio. He has recently been in email dialogues with Dr. Eric Davis and doctors Hal Putoff and Kit Green about many various hypotheses of what is going on between Earth and alien intelligences, from mind uploading to traversable wormholes, terahertz frequencies, alien materials, genetic manipulations, and one speculation that the biggest picture of what alien intelligences are doing with our planet, following certain bloodlines from very ancient timelines to the present and future, in which the alien goal is to transfer specific human minds into alien-made clones, androids, and cyborgs in order to distribute Earth life throughout the cosmos. You're listening to Phenomenon Radio Live. With Bitwater's experiencer John Burroughs, an Emmy award-winning investigative journalist and Earth Files reporter and editor, Linda Moulton Howe. Tonight's interview, very special interview, with John Burroughs will begin right after these messages. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you thinking about purchasing a wood-fired heating or cooking appliance, but don't know where to start? The new book, Wood-Fired Heating and Cooking, will guide you through the process and make the decision much easier. Find out about wood stoves, wood-burning fireplace inserts, masonry heaters, cook stoves, brick ovens, and more. Learn about operation and maintenance, buying and storing wood, even how to make your own charcoal. A bonus section includes delicious recipes for cooking in a wood-burning oven, grill, tandoori oven, or smoker. The wise homeowner, prepper, or homesteader will have the ability to heat their home with wood when the power goes out 
or to save money on increasing gas bills. Wood-fired heating and cooking is available at Amazon. Visit www.woodfiredpub.com for more information. That's woodfiredpub.com. Hey there, X-Streamers. Ray Sobs here to tell you how you can tune in to your favorite paranormal programming without using all of your mobile data in the process. When you're on the road and you want to log into the X, save your mobile data and never miss a minute of the Onyx Network programming by calling the X line at 667-930-9331. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Save it to your contacts and dial hands-free. And there's no extra cost to you if you have unlimited minutes. So you can listen to the X at any time, on any phone, anywhere. Check it out at 667-930-9331 at 667-930-9331. It's brought to you by your friends at the theparanormal.radio and theunxnetwork.com. If this is true, we should listen and be grateful. Your new source for alternative talk radio on the internet, The X. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight's interview with John Burroughs. Here's Linda Moulton Howe. John, we have been talking in a couple of hours at a time over the last couple of weeks about your trying to understand yourself, understand what happened in Rendlesham, and that that paragraph that we have shared on Phenomenal Radio over the past three or four years is becoming even more and more relevant both to your search and to understanding maybe what happened not only then in 1980, but the fact that there are technologies now that are getting ready to take off that might end up taking us to the stars for exactly the reason that scientists in the black world first were able to study terahertz and some of the alien materials. And now maybe a bridge is leading us into the white world where all of us are going to start hearing about what amazing transports that we may have in our solar system and the Milky Way galaxy and beyond, and that it's no longer science fiction. And that takes me to Annex F4, and this is in what we have called the Condine Report or the uh, technology, science and technology investigation of what the UK government called unidentified aerial phenomena or UFOs that was once classified UK eyes only 
when it was presented to the Minister of Defense in 2000. Later, in 2006, for reasons unknown, it was quietly unclassified. And eventually the information in this report came to you and your your veterans affairs doctors through How Put Off and Kick Green. And here is one of the key paragraphs. Quote, the well-reported Rendlesham Forest Bentwaters event is an example where it might be postulated that several observers were probably exposed to UAP radiation for longer than normal UAP sighting periods, implying that there were all kinds of observational uh, evidence and data about the exposure of humans to UAP terahertz, and you would be one of those people they are referring to. It is clear that the recipients of these effects are not aware of their behavior perception of what they are observing is being modified in the presence of this energy. The E-field strengths, which are known to affect the brain, are of the order 50 multivolts per centimeter uh, between 1 and 100 megahertz, and experiments have shown that effects can be produced at levels of 10 to the 7th to 10 to the 8th volts per centimeter. We now know today that what this condyne report and the scientists were studying is what we have called terahertz frequencies. And terahertz is now being focused on in advanced research by physicists relating to all kinds of either technology for propulsion or other areas having to do with how to make subatomically manipulated materials that might then neutralize gravity and turn into lifting bodies. And given this as the background, can you take us and the Phenomenon Radio audience back now to what your own memory is starting with December 26, 1980, of what you encountered? Love to, Linda. Before I do, um, one of the things that you did bring up was that they released it, and it's an unknown reason. We just had a guest on a couple of weeks ago by the name of David Clark, and that was the reason. David Clark had uncovered some other stuff in FOIA request, and he actually found a mention of a report that he did FOIA on, and he was the one responsible for forcing the MOD's hand as far as releasing that report. You mean releasing the Condine report because of his pressure. Right, and it was his pressure and what he was doing. And yes, you're right. They did They did this, do this unceremoniously. They just released it. Now, kind of like what they just did with the last 15 of the 18 files that we caught them in a lie with. They made a big deal about the other stuff and were like going like, here it is, folks. There's nothing to see. But then some of this other stuff they quietly released and tried to keep under the radar. And we so. know a, a lot of this has to do with terahertz frequencies and those lights that you encountered. And because of that and because this is so relevant past what happened but present and future of trying to understand the uap ufo technology can you take us back in your own mind's eye to what you saw and experienced well sure and and, and to lead up to that though it's like i think and you were like you said you in the intro you were down in austin and they exposed you some documents right before my surgery that you went public with 
actually on Whitley's show, and then you then put it on Earth Files, and then you did uh, the night of my surgery, I believe, you did a Coast to Coast report. But the thing was is that prior to me taking a look at that report, and I'm not sure when you first learned about terahertz per se, but terahertz as of 12 was very quiet. There was very little said about it, and it definitely had nothing to do with propulsions systems and stuff like that. So it was and the in breakthrough. Fact, John, it was before then. It went back after 9/11 when we finally started putting the screenings in the airports. That those are terahertz screeners. But at the time leading up to 2012, you, I, none of us knew that the terahertz frequencies that were involved with screening post 9/11 were going to become this huge factor as research kept evolving in Rendlesham Forest. No doubt, and it's very clear to me now, and and I'll explain my experience. But at the time when I when I saw the that paragraph in the condom report it blew me away and it was like well this is a game changer but i had no idea how much of a game changer it is and it's not just a game changer that led to some reports being circulated some stuff going to the va help me get get uh care but the fact is is that this is what how put off and some of these physicists and kit green are trying to expose to everybody now this has been a slow release since, and really, Linda, if you think about it, they broke the story to you because when they took you to Austin and they sat you and Pat down and they went over this stuff, they were educating you on how much terahertz plays in what they're about to do. Right. And they saved your life by communicating to the Veterans Affairs. Doctor. Yes, Kit Green. I mean, obviously, Al Putoff was in it too, but Kit Green was the one that was doing that. And I think we'll read a little piece you'll read a little piece here pretty quickly on what he said on above top secret about that but okay we'll get to what happened to me and the reason why i set this up is because what i could i'll give you a brief summary because at the time it made no sense this was 1980 okay it was um it was the cold war had been going on but it wasn't it didn't really ramp up until Reagan really made it a huge issue. But there were all kinds of Cold War issues going on since Vietnam, really. And there was all kinds of um, technology being worked on. And one of the things that was going on was just outside our gate. It's amazing now how much declassified documents have pointed to what they were working on, EM technology, dr- and not androids, I'm sorry, but uh, drones, uh, lasers, and everything else right outside our gate at all those facilities. But when I came on duty that night, and, and we went out on the first night, we we chased something that, you know, as in Penniston's statement even said, and the radio people that were listening on the radio said, we had trouble getting to it. At one point, Penniston said in his statement that we went past it and came back. What I remember simply was this. We, we kept seeing it in the woods, and when I got close to it the first night, it was like there was... And it was like a bright light, and then it dimmed, then it got bright and disappeared. Now, Penniston has described a whole different story, and even Eka Bansack talked a little bit more about it when he did do a, a couple of interviews for James Fox. But I basically have no memory 
or anything else what happened when I got close to it. I mean, it was like it was there and then it was gone. And then you had Ed and Jim remembering other things. Now, what I remember is Jim was the closest to it. And I say I remember is because, as you say in this content report, it can affect what you can remember. And there's always been a question brought up about was we were interrogated and they put false memories in it in us you know and that's why we don't remember or this whole story is the way it is because of what they did to us afterwards or is it really we just struggle with what we encountered and what we saw or is it both but the first night it was pretty simple got close to it it was up and gone okay now penison said he touched it walked around it saw glyphs and then as the years went by then he talked about well, actually touching it then, having a binary download and everything else. Um, and that was that was night one. Now, when I went back there on night three, I went forward with Adrian Bastinza. And what the audience needs to know, and it's finally come out, halts, it's like dragging, it's like, it was unbelievable to get him to go this far. But it took this long, because originally when the story first broke and he was involved in it, he denied Adrian and I were even there. Then we were there, but I wasn't involved. But he's now admitted that Adrian and I went forward. And what happened on that night was I went forward. Okay, we saw, I saw something coming down. Halt asked me if that's what I saw before. I said, I didn't know for sure. Asked to get closer to it. He said, go ahead. And he sent Adrian with me. And as we started going towards it, it appeared to come towards us. So I started running. We both did. I took off running. He ran to get closer to this. And as I was running, he went down to the ground. And and then it was like I felt like I got close to it. And then the next thing I know, I'm standing there in the field. It's gone. I'm looking back at Adrian, and I'm looking back at Adrian, and then it's like, what happened? Now, Adrian's come forward now and said what he saw happen to me. And Halt's finally admitted now that we did go forward, okay? And, and it's important, John, here to let everybody know that you and I have talked with Adrian eye to eye, and he said that as he, as he saw the light coming down around you, he said, the light pushed me to the ground, and I saw you surrounded by the orange light. John. Right, and Adrian even said he's, his hand went into the light, and he's had issues health-wise too. But the thing is, is that 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 has been one of the biggest mysteries. Not so much that it happened, but the fact is that Halts wanted to cover this up. Right. So it was like from the very beginning, and what I mean by not as it happened, and then boom, right afterwards. But from the beginning, when the story was being controlled, coming out, it was that was wanting to be kept out of it so what did halt see because he was behind us and what did they really know at the time you know and then never mind the fact now that osi uh a couple guys have come forward that were there and involved in it and the one guy said that you know we were put under hypnosis to try to figure out what we saw and what we remembered so look to get to the gist of the beginning is something very strange happened to us over three nights there's been incidents before that and after but we had a very strange encounter and one of the things that finally let two things that led me down the road besides my hypnosis was my hypnosis we can go into later 
But I always felt from the beginning it was something we were doing that triggered something else. And my hypnosis kind of reinforced it. But Andrew Pike was there working on a on a I want to be careful now because he's jumped up and down and screaming hard. It wasn't a government-sanctioned project. He was there working on a funded project, and he was looking at a phenomenon that was in the area, okay, that was known to be there. It was funded for him to investigate it. And that phenomenon. Just to be clear, that there was something related to this phenomena that was in the Rendlesham Forest area before 1980. Yes, they, that that was part of what it was. Matter of fact, if you read his book, he said that he was there investigating the phenomenon when then the incident happened, and they both kind of inter they interwined and got stuck with each other. And he goes into the frequencies and different things and talks about what the phenomenon could be and what what it involves. So he has a book out on that. And then you find all these declassified documents about what we were working on and studying you know, in the area. And then the third thing, which is coming more to light now, was Cobra Mist was there. Now, it was shut down, but a couple of things stand out. In 76, they shut it down, but the reason why they shut it down was some kind of inland interference, which what wasn't ruled out was it was an interference like a phenomenon or something. It could have been Russian interference too, but it also could have been that phenomenon, which I believe probably is what it was because of the why would they have a study going down there looking at this phenomenon and what was interesting was that this sri team that we've talked about before came in the stanford research institute scientists came to study cobra mist the problems with it right and they didn't leave they stayed they they closed the facility down but the team stayed and they started working out of marlstrom heath and and the base itself so what were they there for? So they what must have found that there was something that today in 2018 whistleblowers in SEALs and Delta Forces are talking to me and to others about the fact that we are in like a two-story planet. We live on the surface as Homo sapiens sapien that there are alien intelligences that have been here for thousands, millions of years, and they occupy below the surface. And that may be what they discovered. It, it may be, or it may be a little bit more what I think we were going to talk about tonight, in that we were going to go into the fact that we're looking at creating, because you look at Davis's you know, speech that he gave at this conference you talk about. You look at what NASA was talking about, and there's more than that symposium start it was in ninety, and the reason why that's important is because in nineteen ninety they were talking about this stuff, okay? And they've really had quite a few more since then. And I think the farthest I could find was two thousand and fifteen. And so if people want to start to get an understanding of what's going on, and let's 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 just say where are we going technology-wise? And, and and then you have to question where did this technology or these ideas come from and everything else. You have to start following the, the best of the best, which is our scientists. Now, if these scientists are willing to consider the fact that, okay, we could possibly send consciousness, our own consciousness, out into the cosmos and occupy other, whether you want to say, you know, planets or whatever, and that would put a, a flag down for mankind. And Part of what Davis said was, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Linda, because I want to kind of 
you know, I've read of so many documents in the last 10 days and asked so many questions. But he was implying this would be done through, um, what was it, uh, wormholes, right? Right. So if, okay, if they're looking at the wormhole concept, okay, and we've seen some papers that were written recently that they've created wormholes or the black hole in laboratories now. So they understand that this could possibly be done. We just may not have the equipment yet right there to completely accomplish this that we're working on this. But if they can create these effects, okay, did, what does that mean? I mean, for one of the things was early on, they, they needed high-power sources and stuff. Sage radar was used for some of this. It was used to do other effects. There's documents out there that show this. So if they're working in 19... You know, in the they're talking about this in you know, ninety, <laughs> right? They were this was um, this was open now because these documents were never classified. The 90, 1990 documents were classified. They were NASA, you know, people talking about this. They were working on this. So, so yeah. and John, one of the sentences you highlighted that would be important to uh, share right now. This is from that nineteen ninety NASA technical. Uh, report in conjunction with the gathering of those scientists uh, to discuss the whole issue of interstellar travel. That's what it was about in 1990. And uh, one of them says, with regard to machine civilization, one might observe that the transformation between biological civilization and machine civilization is not a distinct one. It is a gradual process. And it's a process that has already started. We use automobiles for our legs and we use tractors for our arms. And in fact, considering the impact we are having on the biosphere, biologically, it may be the machine civilizations and biological are not compatible. And it may be the most natural place for a machine civilization to live is out in space where it is not interfering or destroying a pristine, delicately balanced biological environment. And that leads to your discussion with Edgar Mitchell. When he you ask him, was the uh, phenomena that he was in, in Rendlesham, was it condign? Can you explain that discussion you had with Edgar Mitchell? Sure, but before I go to that, I think what people need to understand something and that that little piece that you just read, they're pushing to go out into space. I could never, I, I didn't understand why. Why would we want to go to Mars? Why would we go to these planets that we can't, that aren't habitable right now? Is part of the reason is, is they're not going to try to make it habitable totally for humans? Or are they going to set up mine up there and do different things up there and take the stress off of planet Earth? And and go from there. Now, this was 1990. Okay, this isn't like now where all of a sudden climate change is a big deal and all this other stuff. So they were looking at doing some of this. Now you've got Tesla, Musk, and everybody else talking about that. So are they really wanting to start full blown colonies and move people from Earth up there, or are they looking at it ways because they know the stress on our ecosystem is so bad that they're going to do a lot of this? say, on the moon and on Mars and maybe a different planet that may or may not have been have life on it at one point anyway. So they may not be able to do everything with humans, but they can, like you said, robotics, human consciousness, and everything else. That's right. Okay? And 
when you talked with Edgar Mitchell, because it's key, you're you're both you're talking about advanced technology, but you're talking about the transfer of consciousness from here on Earth into containers elsewhere in the universe as perhaps the way actual interstellar travel will take place. So what happened with Edgar Mitchell? Well, I, I, I got to talk to him, I think it was about a year, year and a half before he died. And I'm really interested because people have to understand that this To the Stars thing didn't start just with To the Stars and or the Bass Report. It goes back all the way to NIDS, okay? And all the stuff they were working on and looking at. And Edgar left the planet, saw stuff differently out of our shield or EM field coming back and he did some tests but what I wanted to know was because he had done a bunch of work on this I asked him I said point blank I said are you familiar with Condite and he said yes um, were you one of the astronauts that's mentioned in Condite and it was involved in this and he wouldn't answer me but I did say then a follow up question I said is the phenomenon in Condite what we dealt with at, at, at Reynolds. He said, yes. I said, is the phenomenon that that's in Condine, it was at Reynolds, what the majority of what we're dealing with, period. Is that what most of this UFO, UAP stuff is? And he said, yes. And he wouldn't expand on it with me any further, but he did say that was it. Now, at the time, it did make a lot of sense. And I still don't understand this. So I'm not trying to come off as an expert or a scientist. But what this is starting to look like, if you start to look at what they're working on and everything else, is if we're thinking about it and we're going to try to do it, wouldn't an intelligence somewhere else out there, are, and if, especially if it's more advanced, wouldn't, that, wouldn't they have already possibly mastered it? And that may be some of what we're dealing with. And, and what John, what the phenomenon is itself that we're seeing, and it's using wormholes, yeah. you know. And John, one of the aspects of the human abduction syndrome, which we can't leave out, because it's affected at least three to five million people on planet Earth, according to some surveys, and that is how many people have had the experience, as they say. I'm dealing with, and they will describe usually some kind of a pear-shaped headed gray being. That, And they say, the abductee, they are taking out my mind. They are taking everything. And then the abductee stops talking under hypnosis. What is that process? How is an advanced civilization removing the consciousness from a human organic brain to do what with where was it taken and it's always some part or a duplication of it is returned to the human with added information in every case that i have ever been involved in investigating and for the most part those who can remember what was added in their own mind it always is something along these lines. There are more dimensions than we understand. The whole cosmos is layered and is complex, and there are other dimensions. Right. And, I mean, again, I, I've never, you know, that isn't what happened to me, you know, as far as, you know, that type of experience. But I guess we're, 
I'm trying to go with this is simply okay. If we're going to try to do it, or may we have, maybe we already have done it. Because remember, now we've sent a lot of probes out. We have one that went clear, completely out, in you know, out of you know, it's the one that you know, contact Sagan was involved with. They sent it out. It's out of the Milky Way now. Okay, all right. So, and what they discussed was sending a consciousness through a wormhole. And and if I'm getting this. Partly wrong, I apologize, folks, but I'm trying to make sense of it, too. Well, let's say we've already sent probes out there. Let's say we already understand some of this. Are we already sending messages out ourselves, conscious messages, to these probes? And what are really in them? No one knows. They just make an announcement. We've sent a probe into space, right? Okay? Now, one of the things that caught my attention, and I know, or actually, I shouldn't say I know. Did you get a chance to read thoroughly what Davis talked about it that when he spoke at that uh, conference? The wormhole stargates tunneling through the cosmic yeah, Right, yes. but remember how he said that Sagan's contact wasn't so much science fiction as everybody thought it was? He says, Sagan, here, I'll read it. Um at the request of Carl Sagan, it was Thorne and collaborators uh, did this uh, idea of stargates for an academic ex- exercise and in the form of problems for a physics final exam at the request of astronomer Carl Sagan from Cornell, who had then completed the draft of his novel, Contact. Sagan wanted to follow the genre of what I call science faction whereby the story's plot would rely on real physics concepts to make it more realistic and technically plausible. This exercise ended up becoming one of the greatest cottage industries in general relativity physics, the study of traversable wormholes and time machines. And see, he talks about time machines. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, which is the implication uh, of all of this paper and the work about being able to tunnel through space-time and not be uh, 10,000 years off when he was talking about local versus the transversing time. And he says in in this article that was August 2015, uh, Wormhole Stargates Tunneling Through the Cosmic Neighborhood by Eric W. Davis, and he is Ph.D., a senior research physicist at the Institute for Advanced Studies at Austin in Austin, Texas, that is owned and operated by uh, physicist and electrical engineer Hal Putoff. And uh, Dr. Davis continues and says, quote, real stargates exist in principle. They are merely a form of what are called traversable wormholes, and they are one type of what would be uh, faster than light propulsion, faster than light propulsion, emphasize that. So this was his paper in 2015 that today is beginning to look like the fabric of the universe around us for real. No doubt. And, and he, you know, he's he's involved in this and you have NASA talking about it. You have you, you have to look at this from an interesting standpoint that. He also wrote a paper now that the bubble's not as important as it appeared to be as far as using Abacambi, if I don't say it right, you can correct me, drive. Alcubier. Uh, Alcubier drive, okay. But if you research that, it is a faction of time travel. Mm-hmm. So when you look at, 
it wormholes being created, okay, then what exactly are we dealing with? Now, you go back to Hal Putoff. And this is one of the things that intrigued me about the man. The man's a physicist. Okay, he's He studies everything. He looks at every book, every document, every material. When I was down there visiting him, his, his office is just, it's unbelievable how many books he has and different things. So he looks at all these theories. But you had a physicist leave that field to go into Project Stargate. And they were, and he ran Stargate. Why would you ask a physicist to run a psychic division? That's what it was. It was a Cold War thing that was going on. Remotely. They, right. But, but, but the, what I'm trying to get at is the Russians, they, Intel had showed the Russians were doing some of this. And it was a concern. Okay. And they took a physicist to run the program. Now, a lot of people don't know that, but that's pretty big deal to me, number one, because he's looking at consciousness itself and psychic powers and how you can do this. So here you have a physicist working in a program that does remote viewing, which they call Stargate. Interesting, huh? Stargate, you know, the whole wormhole thing. Right. And then you have the fact that they're looking at being able to remote view things. Now, Another thing that's in these declassified documents is they also call it remote influence. It's there, and they were working on it. Well, remote influence is partially, wouldn't that be transforming consciousness out somewhere else to control things? Well, I understand the question, and we need people who are able to provide us proof, but my own sense of things is that consciousness as Edgar Mitchell said that he had that moment of epiphany coming back from the moon to earth that every single particle in this cosmos was connected no no doubt and I mean that's that's even that's even deeper but I'm just trying to get wrap my arms around that everybody's now going down the consciousness wave, and yet it it NASA themselves believes it's possible, and you have these physicists now talking about it is possible to transform um, consciousness across the cosmos, and then control, be able to can use it to control occupying another planet. Right. That that's that with machines, you know. But there was another part that I didn't and get to read. It could reason. be happening on Earth right now. That well, could- that's what I wanted to go to next. But they also talked about they were going to do, and I didn't get this totally, but it was in there. And this isn't sci-fi. They were somehow going to be able to then to take the consciousness and store it, and then and clone human bodies to use that consciousness. Yes. So they were implying that they didn't want a body born with consciousness particular body they wanted a container which would not necessarily be a robot but a human container that would be born on that planet they could transport it and then implant the consciousness they wanted to further what they wanted to do and in my book my third book glimpses of other realities volume two high strangeness is about a hundred page chapter about rapid cycle cloning in tube technology 
that half a dozen people in the abduction syndrome in the early 90s, they drew and sketched for me, and that I have had people who have worked for DIA and CIA seek me out because of those 100 pages. And what is the bottom line? Each of those human abductees experienced the process of having their life essence transferred from their earth human body into a clone that was either the same age or younger because the non-humans were saying it is vital that your entity and the every abductee understands the word entity to mean their soul life uh, force. It is vital that your entity remain in your human container for X period of time. And that is why we are allowing you to die in the form that you are because of disease or whatever it is that each one is told. And then you are being sustained in a body that will go on for a period of time as if as if there is a human crop aspect to all of this. And that the soul and the experience in the body, the very specific bloodline container, is the key to what the non-human intelligence is looking for in the soul entities. Right, and if you want to kind of take that concept in a dumbed-down version, watch the movie Heaven Can Wait, I think it is, where Warren Beatty was not supposed to die they may imply that god decides when you're going to die and he wasn't supposed to die so they took his consciousness and then they put it in another body okay now i mean all this is like super duper sci-fi but what you gotta think about is this is all being discussed and this is being discussed by scientists now the one thing to the stars is done is at least this much has gone forward as what they call part of their business plan is you have more and more people coming out and talking about this, number one. But just like me, I know there's other people out there that are starting to look at things, you know, and do research. And, you know, it's a lot easier going to the library and, you know, and stuff now. But you can start finding these papers. Right. And you can start finding this stuff. And you start realizing who's talking about this. This isn't somebody sitting behind a computer trying to write a blog about conspiracies. No. These are people in science yes. <laughs> that are talking about all this stuff. And it's eye-opening. And, and, and so then you have to go, and I know we're probably doing a break in about four or five minutes because we can get back into some of this, how it could be reversed after the break because of the studies that Gary Nolan and Kit Green are working on and, and tied some of this into this, but you look at these papers, you look at the the um, the scientists that are talking on. They're getting funding from somewhere to work on this and look at it. And where are they coming up with these ideas? And one of the things that always stood out to me was uh, I, I know uh, Pilkington, I think his name was. He did a book called Mirage Man, and I know he ruffled some feathers, but when he finished, as he was finishing, he met up with Green. And I think, and I don't want to quote it because I haven't read the book in a long time, but I think it was more than just Green. It was some other people that worked with Green. It may have been Hal. And he said up until he got to these guys, he didn't really look at 
UFOs as being serious, seriously looked at them. But after he met them and got their presentation, he took it in a whole different way. And one of the things Green said in his book, he said, he hypothesized, well, let's say they make it look really bad, like, you know, aliens are coming to eat us, they're going to crash and do all this crazy stuff, done all these crazy things in these movies, and people get all worked up about it. And then later on, they come back and go, no, it's not so bad, it's really only this. But even this is going to take a complete re-education of people because people are still stuck in driving around in cars. They're not even thinking about a lot of this stuff or actually Star Trek is... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, beaming up in lights and and being able to neutralize gravity, all of which the phenomena does, which is what To the Stars is making clear in the release of the videos. Right, and and you have the fact that the transporting stuff, they're looking at it at uh, net assessment and um, DARPA. They're working on it. They're working on telepathy where soldiers can talk to each other without using communication channels. Okay, this is not conspiracy stuff. This is real. These are documents out there and articles that the military themselves are talking about. So if they're working on all this, where is this all coming from? What? And you have some of the main people in this that are studying the brain, DNA, and everything else. What do they know? What are these scientists, where are they gleaming this information from? I don't think they sat down and watched star trek and said oh that's what we're going to do there's physics behind this and quantum physics and everything else that's opening up a whole new world and it has been in the black world for 70 years evolving and what we need is to have a bridge to get it into the white world where civilian scientists can catch up that all of the pressure of the repression and building a concocted planet that should not, they said, ever know about any of this, it's beginning to crumble and break. A revolution is around us, John. And when we come back after this break, one question let's start off with is what Robert Bigelow told 60 Minutes. The aliens are right under our nose. And what you think that means? Hour two of tonight's special interview with John Burroughs will begin right after these messages. Stay with us. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hi, I'm Ray Sobs, and I'm here to tell you about something I really think you're going to like. The Unex Network is a part of a larger group called Unex Media, and one of the things we offer is the quarterly Unex Magazine, which is available both in print and digital formats. This amazing magazine covers all aspects of the unexplained and makes for a great coffee table periodical that is certain to spark enlightening conversations in your living rooms. We invite you to check out the latest digital issue for free. Just go to unxnetwork.com forward slash membership and fill out your free membership with your name and email and become a new free member. The new summer issue is now available and the theme is Time Anomalies, which includes a feature article written by our managing editor, Lee Spiegel. Just go to unxnetwork.com forward slash memberships. That's unxnetwork.com forward slash memberships and get your free e-copy of the Unex magazine today. Medical Mary has the highest quality CBD products to enhance your health and wellness goals. Our cutting-edge formulas are not only made with the best ingredients, but also are curated to target specific needs for the body. Use CBD for energy, weight management, pain and stress relief, beauty, sleep quality, pets, and more. Our motto is people helping people. Start your journey into improved health and happiness with Medical Mary CBD. Available at medwoman.medicalmarypartners.com That's medwoman.medicalmarypartners.com Or visit my website margiek.com for a link. I use Medical Mary and I love it and it works. I sleep better and feel better thanks to Medical Mary CBD. Visit margiek.com for more information. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. And in 09, it was sparks from me, your chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Do you have an interest in the paranormal? Then you'll love the unxnetwork.com. The X is your streaming audio and video for everything supernatural, strange, and mysterious, like UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts, and so much more. From hosts like Jimmy Church, Whitley Strieber, Micah Hanks, and Christina Gomez, visit the unxnetwork.com show page for a complete list of all the paranormal programs you'll find on the X. Be sure to follow us on Twitter for updates at KUNXDB. Follow our Facebook group, Unx Network. Find the podcast on Spotify, iHeart, Audible, and Apple Podcast. It's time. It's new. It's the X. Welcome back, everyone, to Phenomenon Radio Live. What a very, very in-depth and compelling interview that Linda is conducting with John Burroughs. Before we can begin Hour 2 of this amazing interview with John and Linda, it's time for the news. And it is brought to you every week right here on Phenomenon Radio by EarthFiles.com. Linda? Thanks, Race. Today, on August 9, 2018, Vice President Mike Pence was at the Pentagon to propose, quote, an idea whose time has come. 
And that idea is a sixth branch of the U.S. military that will be called the Space Force, echoing President Trump's call for a Space Force six months ago in March. Defense Secretary James Mattis this week announced that he supported the idea of a space-focused military command, but he's not certain the creation of a new branch of service will work. Currently in the United States, the Air Force manages what is called Space Command. In his Pentagon speech, Vice President Pence said, quote, The time has come to write the next great chapter in the history of our armed forces to prepare for the next battlefield where America's best and bravest will be called to deter and defeat a new generation of threats to our people, to our nation, close quote. Pence asked Congress to allocate $8 billion more billion for space security systems for the next five years. But Pence did not say that in order for any sixth branch of U.S. military to be created, the proposal has to be approved by Congress. A space force cannot simply be brought into being because President Trump wants one. Today, on August 9th, in addition to Vice President Pence's speech at the Pentagon, the Department of Defense handed a report to Congress entitled Final Report on Organizational and Management Structure for the National Security Space Components of the Department of Defense. Now, what is fueling the administration's push for a space force? Well, the DOD's report to Congress states this. Quote, potential adversaries now actively developing ways to deny our use of space in a crisis are around us. It is imperative that the United States adapts its policies, doctrine, and capabilities to protect our space interests, close quote. Those potential space adversaries could be Russia and China, If they shot down American satellites, for example, there would be tremendous destabilization of the United States if our global positioning system were destroyed or military, civilian and spy satellites were attacked. There is also the much hinted and controversial rumor from military whistleblowers that there are alien intelligences in outer space that are hostile and humans need to be able to defend Earth from them. Does the DOD know that? And is it hiding that behind this controversy over a space force? This is Linda Moulton Howe. Please stay tuned to Earth Files News updates and visit every day my science, environment, and real X-Files news website, earthfiles.com for more on breaking stories about our universe this solar system and the planet we live on and that's the news brought to you by earthfiles.com now back to the interview with john burrows linda thanks race and john before the break i brought up that very interesting quote by robert bigelow on 60 minutes a year ago when He said, aliens are right under our noses. What do you think he meant? Well, okay, 
if we're, we can't go into that unless we look at what Robert Bigelow has been doing for the last few years. And besides NIDS, and then he got the funding for through Harry Reid to go deeper into this, which goes back to To the Stars Now and some of the people that are in it. And Alessandro worked, you know, inside the department that they've now openly admitted exists. And now there's been... I feel let's uh, say that that department is. I have gotten this absolutely confirmed uh, from Luis Elizondo. The real name of the de- uh, Department of Defense office that was highlighted by the New York Times, Politico, and the Washington Post on December 16, 2017. Here is the exact name that Luis Elizondo used and operated for five years in the Pentagon. Advanced Aerospace, not Aviation, Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And he says it was a clerical error, the aviation. Okay. Now, so we go back to Bigelow. He started, he worked on this. He did, He had the Skinwalker Rants he brought. He was looking at, at a lot of different things. He brings in... You know, Eric Davis, Hal Putoff, Kit Green, John Alexander, all these guys that are tied back to the Cold War, Stargate, you know, what do the Russians have? What are they working on? Um, if you look at Green's background, he's worked with people in China. I, I don't I didn't see anywhere where he did work with anybody in Russia, but other scientists have, you know, done collaboration with scientists over there to look at some of this stuff. And one of the things that Skinwalker was, was possibly like a vortex, a wormhole. But they were also looking at, you know, effects like consciousness, okay? So you have Bigelow come out early before he does the 60 Minute and does an interview with George Knapp. And he says confirmation is what we need first, not disclosure. He says we come out and we admit they're here and we stop because we don't want to go into all the details. And... You can look at some of the different peoples in power, even the uh, older Bush. What did he, well, when you look at his son, he freaked out when he was asked that question. He said he would never talk about it. But you look at what he said. He said just recently, he said, people can't deal with the truth, okay? They don't understand. Well, you come back and if Bigelow, the way he said it was, you can imply that maybe they're not here in the type of form or way we think we would we would be, you know, as far as you know, biological, physically, but maybe they are at the energy force, the conscious level, mm-hmm. and they're coming back and forth. I mean, you have Kit Green and Davis looking at that. That was exposed in the Annie Jacobson book mm-hmm. that these guys are working on this. Okay, so he's saying they're here, they're among us, but he doesn't. He no one's asked him that I'm aware of, or at least publicly, what do they look like. Okay, but how are they getting here? We have to insert another part that is big. It's been described to me since 1983 by a variety of different people in military and intel and whistleblowers, and that is this that at least some of the non human intelligences that come from someplace else, either in our universe or other dimensions or even other timelines. They know how to camouflage themselves in human bodies. 
And that comes back to the rapid cycle cloning technology that I was describing in that big chapter in my book. If there is a rapid cycle cloning technology and that there are advanced civilizations that they understand that they can't just be on a planet with life forms that don't recognize them or would be afraid of them, but if they camouflage themselves in exactly the body containers of any given planet's life form, then they can do whatever they want and not be recognized. And that is supposed to be a part of what our environment on Earth is, non-humans camouflaged in human bodies. That would also be an explanation for Robert Bigelow's words. They are right under our noses. Yeah, but ultimately, Linda, what you're saying is like a computer virus, okay? I can take a virus and put it in a computer and control it. So technically, they're not, they're not human. It's just they're inserting their consciousness into another body and controlling it, which, I mean, let's just say I'm not trying to say that's the real deal, but why... Why are they doing a study looking at DNA and they call it the antenna? You know, they're saying that they feel, well, they never totally explained it, even in Jacobson's book, or maybe, you know, I haven't read that area for a while. It's been a while, I think about a year and a half since her book's been out. But what do they know that makes them believe that people are walking around with the potential antenna, which is basically the penile gland or, you know, penile gland? That that's what they're studying. That that this phenomenon is supposedly maybe interacting, it, and they they never made it clear totally either whether that the it is the person here and you know like just has some DNA in them that makes this phenomenon attract to them, or is this phenomenon actually coming here and infecting people and altering them to alter you know, mankind themselves. What right. say you on that? And there is this third facet that has been out there for since ever since I did a strange harvest on animal mutilations. The pineal gland. If you put your finger right in the center of your forehead and go back through the skull just a little bit into the brain, that's where the pineal gland is. That is why the Indian Uh, various spiritual groups do red circles or black circles there. It is their uh, acknowledgement of this uh, pineal gland, which when it is examined under microscope, the pineal gland contains exactly the same cells as in your retina of your eye. And it has always been the question, why would the pineal gland inside the front of the brain have retinal cells that we associate with being able to see in the light spectrum and the this whole question then that has been posed over uh, the decades since I did uh, Strange Harvest, here was the question that was presented to me a long time ago is it possible that the pineal gland was genetically created and part of the manipulation of evolving Homo sapiens sapien, specifically so that non-humans would have the ability to interact with telepathy, images, and symbols in the minds of evolving humans. 
Right, which is what you're basically saying is is that if what NASA was talking about is possible for us to do, they could be coming here and infecting, you know, infecting, affecting, you know, human beings. And they could be for a, a broad scope of reasons. And the most craziest thing about this is, is if we think we can create, and this is a great question. We're going to have some guests on to talk about some of this. If we can create these wormholes and we can create this drive, okay, or even if it can't be done at the scope of a large, like what people think as a starship, what if they're not looking at a starship concept right away? They're just looking at trying to get something through a wormhole like consciousness itself. If we're looking at this, we're having our scientists work on this. And one of the things that we talked about before the break about getting white scientists to come forward, do you remember Project Green Glow? I forget. Who's the guy that we had on? Um, yes, Evans. Yes. Evans wouldn't answer a lot of questions because he was working on classified material. Most of these scientists, the brightest, are working both ways. They're they're in the black world. They're, they're getting exposed to this. They're working in... Um, different divisions that are narrow-minded, you know, compartmentalized uh, divisions, but then they talk and they start to put stuff together, okay? And they, what they, I think, is, is some of the white world isn't involved. I'm not saying they all are. And you've got some of the younger kids coming out that are just getting their PhDs and stuff that are starting to write papers and do research on this. But the older guys, they've been in both ways, and, you know, as far as white and black, and they know a lot of this stuff. And where did they learn it from, number one? But then, two, they're working on this stuff. So it, they wouldn't be spending this kind of money and bringing these people in if there wasn't something to it. And then you got to look at the fact that, yeah, they're restricted by what they can do. And we probably have reached a point with, remember what Bigelow said? He says he said this to Knapp. They're eventually going to be seen to the point where they can't hide it anymore. Right. So I don't know if he was implying that there is going to be a point where these wormholes can't, maybe they're blocking them. Maybe we're trying to block them. I'm not really sure. This leaves open to interpretation. But if he's implying that eventually we're not going to be able to hide this anymore, you know, as far as what's coming and going, and if this is how it's possibly taking place, well, first of all, I don't think our government would, Nick Pope used to love to say this all the time, they don't really want to admit they can't defend us, right? You know? And if this is something that's not a spaceship, per se, that they can track on radar coming in, and they could shoot it down, you know what I'm saying, and this is a different way they're doing this, whatever this phenomenon is, then that would be really hard for people to get understand and accept, I believe. Well, there are two things here. Um, remember when we had uh, the controlled remote viewer Lynn Buchanan on Phenomena Radio with us a couple of years ago. And uh, Lynn was a remote viewer in Project Stargate. And it was managed by the Defense Intelligence Agency. It was linked to the work that Hal Putoff uh, has done in uh, remote viewing. And Lynn said that each of the remote viewers in Project Stargate at the end of the 80s were tasked with uh, they don't know that that's what their task is till later, but each one had tasks that had to do with, is there other life in the universe? And Lynn told us that every remote viewer saw that the quote-unquote universe was teeming with life. 
And then he said this very, very important provocative sentence. We have allies. And if we did not have the allies, we might be overrun by non-human intelligences out there that are hostile and would like to see humanity eradicated on Earth without fully understanding why that is the case. Other whistleblowers have said the same thing, who have had military assignments on this planet and have come face to face with non-humans and have talked to me and to others about their understanding that there are hostiles and allies and the allies so far have the upper hand and we are alive and well because of those allies. Now, when you take Lynn Buchanan's controlled remote viewing and you say the Space Force today, the Space Force is like the natural extension of what else Lynn told us in that interview. He said that one of his bosses at the Defense Intelligence Agency in the late 1980s time period was assigned to manage interstellar trade routes in an office in the Pentagon because we have had Ebens, the gray ones, like what we back-engineered and created technologies on the planet. They liked and they wanted to trade out in their Milky Way and beyond trade routes. So there are many facets here that give me some confidence to say to people, there may be hostiles, and everything may not be rosy, but that we have a lot of allies, and if we've got interstellar trade routes that McKinnon in the UK stumbled into in 2000, then it's been going on for a long time, and that means even if Earth has been kept dumb and blind about interstellar trade routes, they are alive and well And that may be why we are now in a government that is trying rapidly to stop being an all-black underground space project and bring it into the open and start pulling together so that we catch up to what they already have out in the Milky Way. Well, you can say that. I'm not disagreeing with it, but you could also go back to some other documents, and we've covered Iron Mountain Von Braun, you know what his secretary said, he said. Um, you have these think tanks that have talked about, like right before 9-11, we made another Pearl Harbor and then 9-11 hit. Um, and what the gist of it is, is that since, what, the Council of Nicaea, they, they wanted to find a way to manipulate and control mankind, right? And they've gotten good at it. And one of the things that was said in these different people, a lot of different people have said this, different people that were involved. I think even we've talked about some of your whistleblowers. The last thing, we've had the Cold War, then we had terrorism, and the last thing that they're going to do, which will change mankind forever, because 9-11 did a lot, had changed a lot of things for us, including our freedoms. It's being taken away. Right. And now they're going to try to crack down on the internet even more. They're going to try to take a lot of that away. That's coming. And I start, the more I read about this whole Trump thing and this Russian thing, this goes back to McCarthyism. And the Russians are coming. We can't trust them. We have to, you know, we have to control everything, you know. 
and they're trying to now take everything away so we can't have these interactions and stuff. It's coming, folks. I mean, I don't know how deep or far they're going to get away with this, but they're going to use this, and they're going to use the Russians as their threat, just like they did in McCarthyism. And then come UFOs and ETs. Yeah, then come UFOs and ETs. But it would be a threat from above coming down to unite planet Earth against the threat. So you've had leaders even like Bush. He got run out of office, and it's ironic because he talked about a new world order and everybody got up in arms. And today, that's all everybody wants. No borders, no rules, no laws, no anything. We're just all kumbaya getting along. But here's the problem. There's no way that's going to ever happen. Not in my lifetime. Maybe 100 years from now or something because there's too much hostility. And so all I'm getting at is, but a threat from above and a space force because some of the things that researchers are doing now they're seeing this is going to be militarized space is going to become militarized so whatever our plans are whether we're planning on going out to mars not really to build a colony out there of people but of robots and you do mining and industrial stuff to save planet earth okay or whatever else is going we, on. Yeah, we need metals and we need various things that are probably on that planet and we'll have transports coming from Mars to Earth. No, we won't even need to do that. We'll build it all up there. So that's going to take the pressure off the ecosystem. You know, as far as that's what they said in 1990. I mean, people can go, well, wow, why would they do that? Well, if planet Earth is falling apart, which it is, and the weather's changing, and we cannot, what did it say? that we can't exist with the mechanical stuff. We need to maintain where we live. Well, that would be the push, wouldn't it? To get out there, find the minerals we need, do the manufacturing up there. Sure, people are going to be dumb enough to go up there, and I don't mean it in a bad way. I don't really see why people would want to leave here and go into space, especially the environment they're going to see. But they'll get people to go up there, and they can start doing all this stuff. And, um, you know, and, and take some heat off of planet Earth. That may be part of what's going on but the thing that alone was eye-opening to me because now it makes sense maybe why the push to outer space is really coming because it doesn't make any sense why leave earth to go to mars which is twice as bad or 50 times worse than earth go up there and do all this what because we're going to make it habitable come on what way what technology do we have but it does make sense if we're going to go up there and do some stuff oh and guess what that falls under bigelow's hotels right because put a little, yeah, I'm sorry, he's got, he has the only contract with NASA to build those blow-up uh, buildings on Mars. He's the only one who has the contract. But yeah, and he can also put them in space at first too. Right. And they can traverse back and forth, back and forth. Okay. So some of that makes sense. But the thing that's eye-opening to me. And, and I don't understand it totally myself yet, and I'm digging, and there is a lot of good stuff out there, is being able to transport consciousness the way they want to do it. And 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 if we can do that, imagine if somebody else, something else, intelligence could do that, and they were doing it to us now. And, I mean, I think that goes a little bit into the whole thing with antennas and stuff. Were you going to read a little clip that Green said on Above Top Secret, or are we going to go over that? Not now, go over that. This is what... Uh, Kit Green, Christopher Green, PhD and MD, said about you, quote, the decision that was made to grant medical disability to John was just. 
some of his records will remain classified. Those of us in military and intelligence medicine can be proud the right decision was finally, if belatedly made, meaning for you. We should remain both vigilant and ashamed that our profession remains improperly darkened and we should be trying to bring it to the light when we can. And he means you, you struggled to just get the Veterans Administration to acknowledge that you had been in England in Bentwaters, let alone uh, they had denied that you had been there, and that was hassling your getting your veterans' benefits when you needed heart surgery. No, correct. And then do you want to leave the other little part where we talk about the damage that happened to me? And here we go. Non-ionizing electromagnetic radiation caused the injuries. The radio frequency is identified in a dozen classified and a half dozen unclassified studies on cardiological and neurological injuries. And ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about terahertz frequencies emitted from unidentified aerial phenomena, also known as UFOs. That is what he's talking about. Not, and then he says, the radio frequency is identified in a dozen of these reports, but not thousands of reports. Very, very few physicians even care about this arcane area of research, and fewer know about the injuries sustained by near field, and these are these specific frequencies to humans. The data is sparse, it is not properly peer-reviewed, It is not understood. It is not the subject of current research, and that is the truth. Which here, and that's a valid point that he made. But what did he say up at the top? That a dozen classified reports. Okay, so what he's saying is that there are a lot of reports and studies on this. Now, you go back to this. You know, one of these. reports they were talking about where they've created this effect in the lab now where they can do um it's not a wormhole but the black hole itself and they can keep it from collapsing right something going into it and the what they're talking about in this is it's the hawking radiation well hawking radiation is hectares yeah so the 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 actual black hole is terahertz based And when it comes to this issue of the interaction of frequencies on tissue and minds, this is where we get into the importance of the study of DNA. And you have talked with Gary Nolan at Stanford. And if I understand, and you could explain this to the audience, one of the most significant pieces of information has to do with what they have learned about junk DNA and how it relates to you and all people who have had interactions with this light and terahertz. Well, I think you can expand on it because you've done more research, but what I can tell you is that they, they, they're looking partially at the junk DNA, which they've never been able to do until recently. And now this would be like five years ago that this was going on. Like, yeah, five, yeah, five years was going back when I first met Gary Nolan in a hotel in Flagstaff in the lobby uh, with Kelleher. But 
they're looking at the junk DNA, and one of the things that they're talking about is there could be something hidden in the junk DNA. Now, I think you can expand on that further, Linda, better than I can based on that understanding. Yeah, what I now, and I just uh, like set your mind on fire, is that junk DNA could be an archive of every single thing that has happened to DNA in the lifetime of a conscious body. That they can go into the junk DNA and they could find out if you had chicken pox at age six, if you encountered terahertz light at age 18, that there is actually a chronological, orderly archive from beginning of birth all the way to death in the DNA that we have called junk DNA. And also, would this relate to advanced consciousness interacting with Rendlesham and all of you at Bentwaters, did they seek you out specifically for the only two encounters because your DNA, your son's DNA, might be of a unique bloodline or archive that they're looking for? Well, I mean, that's one way to look at it. And when, 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 when you talk about this, here's the thing. You have to look at the fact that the Hopi themselves say that that there's hidden secrets in the junk DNA. They believe that the elders believe that. So there's a there's a secret of man itself, and maybe how we evolved, where we came from, and everything else in it. But I was talking to somebody who's been I've been working with doing some research, and he brought up this very interesting proposition. He said, "What he used it based on the lines of contact, but if." They, if you're having an interaction, say with an energy, because in my hypnosis, that's what I said it was. The life form was the energy, right? The blue light. Okay. If you're having an interaction with this, and there's whatever it is, it's just like if you can study uh, uh, a jet fighter or something. You know, when they take them, they get them or whatever. You know, they try to break them down. Each side does. They try to figure out the new technology and everything. But if I had an interaction with, say, this particular phenomenon which is maybe consciousness or whatever you know the propulsion system whatever did i not could they not gleam the blueprint to be able to do that themselves through people because it's not just me they're looking at they're looking at and this is where it, it they they this is why it was strange with me at first but now it makes a little more sense was mine was in 1980 but they claim that there's been a lot of incidents happened in the last few years. It's been ex- expanding and accelerating. So they've had a lot of younger people in special forces and stuff have interactions with this. So what they're doing is, is they're trying to look at their DNA and they're doing this study. Now, if there's a blueprint to help them do this, wouldn't they want to know? Exactly. And so studying DNA... RNA in people who are in the human abduction syndrome would be a priority our government would have. But it goes to the heart of this disconnect between the black space program of the 70 years and the white world in which all things related to ETs and UFOs have been denied. 
And if you deny, then it is very difficult to get people in the human abduction syndrome to come forward to work with anybody medically about their DNA. Yeah, but they're already doing it, okay? And most people don't understand this, and I'm sorry to have to say this, but all these uh, ancestry and all these other things that they're doing, these DNA samples that are being sent in, um, I believe I just read somewhere where a government agency or a big contract company was buying out the biggest one, I forget what it was, a pharmaceutical company or something was buying out this particular, you know, study group, you know, like Ancestor DNA. Well, they're getting a database right. and they're, they're, they're studying the DNA across the board. And, and I know people will say they can't do that. They can do whatever they want as far as, as long as they can get away with it. And so this is all being stored on computers. This is all being you know, analyzed and stored on computers, and they can hack into this stuff, you know, knowingly or unknowingly, if the company's allowing it or not, it's another story, but they can get the access to all this stuff. Heck, it was very strange at the time, but when this all came about, when they wanted my DNA, the VA sent out a survey to several thousand individuals that, you know, retired veterans and stuff, they wanted to do a DNA survey analysis. So, and I got one of the letters. And so, all I'm getting at is they're analyzing the DNA and they're looking at all this. And it's so, and we just now in the last, what, I don't know how long it's been public, but it's just the last 20 years where they've been able to really do this. And they're building quite a database on all this. And they're looking at all possibilities. So, when people say no, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, they can. And they made it really cheap, which I thought was interesting, too. Yeah, and there have been headlines uh, just recently, synthetic telepathy. Uh, humans are going to connect minds to robots to attend their own funerals by 2050. All of these are new stories that are coming about how there will be the ability to transfer consciousness, which is made and interacting with the DNA in any given container body, that we will be able to transfer the consciousness of everything that is in the DNA of that body before that body dies and even transfer it into an android made to represent us going forward as our frail human body dies, our consciousness will go forward in an android or even a cyborg, which will be stronger, can live maybe for hundreds of years. And suddenly, we are looking into a future where immortality can be purchased. Well, yeah, and what you just brought up is interesting. Okay, let's say, you know, they did this, what was that program where they froze bodies and they they were going to keep the body frozen, and they cut the head off. But the idea was that that when they finally figured out how to cure the disease in the body, they would bring the body back to life, right? Right. But the problem is, why would that matter if the consciousness is gone? It, you can bring a body back to life, I guess, the heart back, but is that going to bring the consciousness back? You know what I mean? How are they saving the, the human consciousness? Yeah. Just because the brain's still there and frozen doesn't mean you just thaw it out and the consciousness reactivates. Do you know what I mean? 
which is why mind uploading is a big subject. Uh, Elon Musk has started a brand new company a year ago called Neural. Uh, uh, I think it's Neural Lace is what he's manufacturing, and the whole uh, Elon Musk approach is that we will op- have the ability to open up the cranium, the top cranium bone, put in this neural lace that will go down onto the nano level of the brain. It will be connected to a computer that will then be able to do the frequencies that will bring the cells and the mitochondria up to health. And that this neural lace will become the miracle of regeneration and eliminating disease. Right, but I mean, there's two things with this, okay? Number one, the body deteriorates, okay? Period, you age. So they're going to have to find a way to stop the aging process. And they're also going to, the mind itself, you know? And so that's interesting. Or do you just harvest the consciousness and put it in a new body this may be healthier because they're looking at eliminating disease where they can clone you know they're doing cloning right now and that was interesting this guy that just died charles kronhammer just died he was a political analyst but he one night on the on uh um brent i forget it he does the five o'clock eastern show on or on brett hume okay I think it is whatever they did it at the end. What's the most alarming thing? And he says the ability they're cloning sheep and they're doing all this stuff. He said that's going to change everything. And he didn't go any deeper. And they were kind of like whoa. But the bottom line is, is if you can create a body, if you study the DNA, you create a body that eventually is de- um, that's free of disease, and you can take the consciousness out of a, a diseased body and put it into the body and the brain and keep that from being diseased. You know, that's maybe what they're looking at. And if they're studying that, then then they could also look at sending consciousness out into space. And, and now is the time to read once more from the 1990 NASA Symposium on Interstellar Flight. Here it is. The concept of hybrid type travel, where a probe is launched to a nearby star system, finds a suitable planet, sets up a receiving antenna, and then a hybrid machine-human consciousness is downloaded from Earth's transmitting antenna to the probe on the distant planet, thus transporting the human species by consciousness into body containers. I know, that was stunning. And, And here's the thing. You've got to be able to, you know, take the consciousness and contain it. To keep it alive and what do they say about karma where well, people come back and have memories of past lives well okay but they don't have full memories if this is true but imagine if they could take the consciousness and keep it keep it so if you then put it in the body you know every all that knowledge isn't lost and you can go forward with it yeah Exactly. Like And here's another scary proposition. But Linda, here's another scary proposition. Now, they have said it appears this could be forward, okay? You go forward in time in this, right? What if you figure out how to go backwards and you can take consciousness from today and implant it in somebody a hundred years ago? 
then you'd have Da Vinci, you would have Tesla, you have major uh, geniuses of history. But here's the strange thing, and, and I'm not trying to say that's what took place, but, well, yeah, I mean, you said it, but they always say these guys, they 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 went into, like, some kind of uh, different level. They went to a different conscience level, right? They were tired, they meditated, whatever, right? But in fact, if you learn how to transmit that back, whatever it doesn't mean time travel like we think we see on tv but if you can learn to send it back through a wormhole you could alter everything the present yes and what you and what all of this new technology is implying is we have been thinking about the difficulties of putting humans in a rocket ship to go to mars when in fact the reality of even what advanced civilizations in the universe could be doing is all transportation is going in and out of dimensions and transporting consciousness into bodies, which would explain the emphasis on DNA and genetic harvesting that have always been a focus of other intelligences on planet Earth going back to the Anunnaki and the Sumerians. Right, and, you know, I mean, this is like, a lot of people are going to say, ah, this ain't possible, or why are they talking about this? Well, I'd be the same, I would have been the same person five, ten years ago. I really would have, even with my experience, okay? If I hadn't had my experience, I wouldn't probably be listening to this at all, and it's no offense to anybody, I just would be trying to get on my everyday life, and this is, unless it was a hobby of mine, which a lot of people are starting to do, you know, and until that's maybe changed a little bit now because that New York Times article and actually did make some mainstream TV. And so for one day we had a break from who is, whether Donald Trump is this or this is that and everything else. And we actually did have some news stories about the future of where we could be going, right? So that was kind of, uh, that was nice. It was right around Christmas time. It was nice, you know, and it got the minds off of this inner political fighting that goes on in a daily business. Meanwhile, the earth is falling apart around us, and what I mean is the environment's changing, um, it's climate change, which, I mean, it could be. I mean, there could be other factors other than us. We've influenced it, but there could be a lot of other factors. And the scientists would know. They'd be studying this. So all I'm getting at is, for once, they maybe got, they're, they're trying to get people to start thinking about this from a different way. So my, I myself only have started to really take this more seriously and look at it more seriously because of my experience and because of the different hints that have been dropped by different people in science, the military, and everything else, and starting to look at documents. And a lot of this stuff, yeah, it was classified at one point, and it's been declassified, just like the whole Stargate program was partially declassified. And, and in it, they even admitted they remote-viewed Rundlesham. Why would they remote-view the Rundlesham? You know what I mean? Why were they interested in what a UFO UAP is, you know? And was it just simply, are they real? Or what are they, and how can we learn more from them? Condine itself said UAPs need to be studied for weaponization. And sadly, that weaponization may be what the conscious intelligence that interacts with our planet does not want Homo sapiens sapien to use. That would go to the tension that has been since the early 1960s in our Minuteman missile 
areas where it is very clear that glowing lights, uh, huge 300-foot diameter craft, have uh, interfered with our Minuteman missiles. And as Robert Salas told me long ago, Linda, it became very clear that whatever they are, whatever is in it, whatever guides them, whatever they are doing, they do not want humans to do anything with atomic bombs, hydrogen bombs, or nuclear missiles. And he and others have also been exposed to something that I've heard from whistleblowers, that what humanity did not understand in World War II was that when you explode an atomic bomb, you are cutting into, thrusting into, other dimensions that we do not understand. And yeah, that- you could be screwing up a wormhole. You could be, you know, screwing up the frequencies themselves, modifying them so they necessarily can't travel the way back and forth, however they're doing it. Yeah. And literally causing destruction in dimensions that we're not aware of. And this is, to me, one of the keys. I've talked with Jacques Vallée about this much, and he wrote a book called Dimensions. That we are a matter universe surrounded by what is called the astral plane, the nearest dimension. There may be a lot in that astral plane that we still don't understand, and our government is truly trying to block portals in order to keep out negative energies. That is one of the themes. But there's another one that's even bigger, and that is... Uh, An MIT physicist told me this. He said, we know that there are intelligences that can be at one end of this universe, the matter universe we're in. And they know how to go out of this matter universe into another specific dimension to do a cushion shot back into the matter universe. And that they can travel three billion light years in five minutes by going out of the matter world into another dimension and coming back from that dimension into this one. That it's not science fiction, that this is truly the cosmic physics of traveling in our universe, but but we humans have been denied. But but that would be simply this, okay? That would be simply creating a wormhole or a black hole or knowing where a black hole is going to be or going to an area where there is a black hole and you know, and then you know, zapping it and, and creating it to stabilize it or whatever, which was all sci-fi twenty years ago. Heck, even that one movie, Interstellar, that they came out with, kind of that's how they did it, right? Okay. Right. But if you think about this for a minute, okay, you've got the Black World Science working on all this, okay. And if in fact the, the, everybody believes you have to physically go, but if it's just mental, if they can do it mental, but then they could come down with that energy and transform it, whether it's an animal, a human, depending on where you're going in a different area. There may be a different type of physical intelligence, biological intelligence that we could do. But if you look at all that, that's very, very wild. That's very hard to deal with. But if this, if they could do that, that would explain how big is there among us. That would explain the study of Skinwalker why a physicist was looking at Stargate and the psychic powers of the mind and what they can do and can't do. A lot of that starts to make sense. Why are they studying human beings that 
And, and and here's the thing, and and I'm not, and I've said this, I think last Sunday on a show I did with a guy, with uh, um, Frank, that that you know, there's no disrespect to civilians, okay, and what they may or may not have happened and what they report, but the military is different. Like with Rendlesham, they knew it took place. They had people there pretty quick. And they were looking at this and they knew what to look at. Then they have access to us medically, our records, and they could follow us and everything else, right? Whereas a civilian could say they saw something, but they don't really know exactly what it was other than to send a team in to look at it. But military, they can track. And they know when this stuff's taking place and what's going on. And another because interesting John, thing. John, uh, just to insert, so the audience is tracking with us. It's frequencies. We have frequencies. I've talked with people who have worked in radar, and they said there are specific frequencies that when they come up, they say, oh, this is a craft that is operated by Ebens. This is a craft that is operated by blondes. This is a craft that is operated by reptilians. That There are Hertz frequencies that have been identified with very specific craft that are related to various different types of non-humans that our government has been operating with for three, four decades. Well, you know, that part I can't argue about, but what I, you know, I have no idea because I haven't gotten that deep into that end of it. But what I do know is if you go back and trace a lot of these incidents, especially the military ones, they're around radars and systems in our own technology, okay? And those, a lot of them never see the light of day, but there has been some very interesting cases where they have, and Bent Waters is one of them. And if you go back, and we were in a foreign country, but all this technology and stuff was being studied, work on. SDI was being worked on right outside the gate at that moment. Lasers, EM frequencies, everything else, the radar systems they had. Montauk's another one that like people get crazy about. But a lot of the same equipment at Montauk was was outside the gate at Bent Waters Woodbridge. Okay? And the thing is, is here's my take on some of this. I think they plant the alien story out there on this stuff for a reason. And they do this partly to keep people from digging deeper. Now, does that mean it doesn't evolve any of that? No. But once you hear that, it's a taboo not to look at it. And it, it allows them, this is what our guest Chuck DeCarlo said on more than one occasion, to run stuff and do things under the radar because as soon as the UFO stuff comes out or aliens or whatever comes out, no one's going to really take a look at the area, what they're working on, what they're doing, and the technology behind it. Now, in that case, to the stars is starting to open that up. But the the deal is, that's why I was so fascinated by what they came out with and what Putoff's looking at. He's looking at gleaming this technology and this terrorist technology to take us out to the stars. Well, He's got to know something about why we could take it and harness it and do it. And you work with them now with some materials that you have or you're working with them. He's got to know something about the fact that somebody else must be doing it. And maybe it's taking place. It's like what Bigelow said. They're here now among us. And if... They are. It's which ones with which agendas, and Lynn Buchanan would say it's allies. And then I, my uh, reporter kicks in and says, if we know that there are allies and they have a different form, but they can camouflage themselves as humans and have done this for 
thousands of years on this planet, then how do we introduce humanity to the real intelligences? Well, that is a problem. And, and here's the thing. Here's a question that's not been to answer, Linda, even when we've talked about it tonight. Are, are there are some of us different? Or are we all really the same wherever we came from? And what I mean by that, I'm not trying to offend the Christians. But I'm just saying that we were created, okay? But are we all pretty much the same, you know, as far as biologically? And then these things come in and infect us, if that's what's going on, and change us. Or modify our genetics to change us and make us evolve. You know, you see what I'm getting at? Or John, so, you know, if, yeah. if, if I may, I beg your pardon, both of you. But really quickly before the end of the show, you, you, there's, there's honestly think there's no way, and I'm glad that you said it, that you could offend uh, folks with a religious faith because it very well may be true that in Genesis and the fruit of the tree of knowledge, if if we partake in it, that very well may be what you're talking about. That we were genetically manipulated by intelligences, and the interesting part of this whole huge story in the 21st century is that in the Garden of Eden, as described in those old ancient texts, the teacher was a reptile. Yes. And in the 21st century, we have retired Navy people who have deceased, who have said that one of the huge civilizations in the Milky Way galaxy that is a, both a problem and maybe some are actually allies are reptilian. Is it that we, in the, as we are moving to the end of, we'll call it, of just earthbound consciousness, that by 2020, this planet is truly going to have newscasts coming from Mars if Elon Musk gets there. We will know that we are now dependent upon materials that are going to be being harvested in Mars and the moon. It will be the revolution, no matter whether we're introduced to non-humans or not. And suddenly, to look back at the lens of the Garden of Eden and know that that was a true story... It's just that Homo sapiens sapien did not understand that it was the reptile in the garden that was trying to teach, and it had manipulated DNA in already evolved. Can I add something for my hypnosis? And you had to be a willing participant. Well, yeah, but can I add something for my hypnosis that makes a little sense with all this? Okay, it said we are here observing to see if you can evolve like us, okay? But then it also said they'll be back for me. Okay, so are are they studying us just like we're studying whatever this is? And if you think about it, at the end, Enoch was removed from the Bible, basically. And that's a, that you don't talk about that. They don't want you to read it. They don't want you to talk about it, all right? But if you think about it, okay, if you don't need rockets and ships, you know, as many as we think we do just think about how much in, more inexpensive it would be never mind all the other ramifications to be able to harvest a bunch of consciousness and spend it, send it out into space yeah but wasn't it Constantine you guys that removed Enoch from the, from the Bibles we know it now and they did it because he referred to evil in the second heaven and when they had the council of Nicaea 
the Hebrew patriarch said, there cannot be any evil in heaven, therefore, Enoch, you're out. That was what happened. And you know, I just want to make note of this real quick, because I don't very often just jump into you your show like this, you guys. But I learned the these theories from watching Linda's video uh, on her YouTube channel. And I just would like to drive everybody listening um, on the live show here tonight and in the uh, in the in the podcast later to Thank be you. sure and check out Linda's um, very thought provoking YouTube channel. It is absolutely loaded to uh, to the to the to the neck with uh, very 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 thought provoking work and very well researched and in depth work and it's time well spent. Thank you so much. Every Wednesday night, I love it. This channel is growing, and uh, I welcome everybody who comes to Phenomena Radio. We cross-pollinate each other, and that's what we should be doing in this world. Thank you. And as we close tonight, Ray, well, I'll tell you, take us the next week, but the next few weeks, and we're working on this hard behind the scenes, actually working with mainstream scientists to bring them on to do a better job of explaining it than we have. We're just trying to introduce you to start thinking about it from a different concept. Maybe take a break from politics for a while and start thinking about the future of mankind and what's going to happen to us and where we're going. Because the science world's doing it for people. And I guarantee you one day you're going to wake up and go, what just happened? Well, thank you to the both of you. Um, We're going to go ahead and wrap tonight, but absolutely stay tuned to Phenomenon Radio. Linda and John both are working very, very hard to get the commitment of mainstream scientists to come on and talk about this phenomena is very, very big, and it's not being done anywhere else as far as I know at the level that they're doing it. So you definitely don't want to miss it. For John Burroughs, for Linda Moulton Howe, I'm Race Hobbs, the producer of this phenomenal program. Uh, Very honored to be the producer of this program. I want to thank every last one of you for listening and for all of your support. Thanks for listening. Have a great night and have a great weekend, everybody. 